Let me ask you a question. What makes a good podcast? Is it the audio quality? The stories? Is it the host's personality? There's a lot that goes into making a great show. And if you're a Feed the Cue listener, we know you enjoy podcasts, but have you thought about making your own? So Feed the Cue is a show that we make with Ventures FM. They're a podcast production company for independent and branded podcasts, and we've had such an amazing experience with them. Adela and I have absolutely loved working with Ventures FM. They make the process so seamless for us, and all we have to do is record, and like magic, they turn it into this amazing show that you're listening to right now. They turned our tiny little dream of this show into a beautiful reality. So check them out on their website at ventures.fm. And now let's get into today's episode. Hi, I'm Adela Mizrachi, founder of Podcast Brunch Club, which is like book club, but for podcasts. And I'm Lauren Vassell, founder of Tink Media, a podcast marketing company, and I'm the editor of Podcast the Newsletter and Podcast Marketing Magic. And you're listening to Feed the Q, where at random times, we will feed your Q with an episode of a dazzling show that we love, but don't think enough people are listening to. Okay, Adela, you ready? Let's get into it. Today, we're listening to an episode from Radio Workshop, which is a podcast that focuses on stories from Africa. So one of my favorite things about podcasts is they give me the opportunity to hear firsthand experiences from people that I would otherwise not meet. And that's why I love Radio Workshop. The stories they feature are told by young people from across Africa about their everyday lived experiences. This episode is the first in a three-part series in which 23-year-old Marianne Nobelli documents her life in Alexandra Township in Johannesburg, which is a place that has a 70% youth unemployment rate. I hope you enjoy it. And follow Radio Workshop wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so today is the 5th of May, 2022. It's actually my little sister's birthday. (laughs) Um, And I want you to come with me. So there's this little gem I want to show you. It literally has one of the best views a bit of a walk, but it's totally worth it. Let's go for it. I'm fine, thanks. Jeez, I'm just very warm for the outside weather. I didn't realize how cold our house is. Until now that I'm outside and I'm kind of burning in this hoodie that I'm wearing. Hi. Hello. This is it, my friend. This evergreen cricket oval. Hi. Can I sit there? Yeah, you can. Thank you. So you see there in the background, those big skyscrapers. That's Santon, a suburb of Johannesburg. It's also a financial center for the whole of South Africa. It's the kind of place where you see people driving with the top down on their way to like a pool party on a Wednesday afternoon. Exactly, you're going to work, they're going to pool parties because it's different. So 
Santon is actually the richest square mile in the whole of Africa, not just South Africa, but this whole big continent. I know, right? Such a flex. Of course, it's mostly white. Don't know if it's ever going to change. But I want you to look at this, like what's right in front of us. You see those shacks built from scrap metal and piled on top of each other? Well, that's Alexandra, one of the oldest black townships in South Africa. Many people in Alex work in Santon. The cleaners, the nurses, the gardeners, you know, they kind of keep Santon running. That's just part of the legacy of apartheid, really. Our struggles are endless here. Sometimes I have to sit in my bedroom and just pray not to hear gunshots. And if I do hear gunshots, I have to pray harder that it's not someone I know. When I look around at Alex, it reminds me of a line from a poem by Wally Sarot. Alexandra, I would have long gone from you. I'm Mary Ann Nobele. I'm 23 years old. I was born in Alex. I grew up here too. And it's true. I want out. I think it's cool Nelson Mandela lived in Alex when he was my age. And you know, there's also the art and poetry and politics Alex is known for. And also the music. Like the summer piano music? It was born here. You hear it everywhere. I love all of these things. But please, there's a reason why Alex is called Gomora, from Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, the place from the Bible. So yes, I will not grow old here. No ways. But right now, I'm stuck in limbo, uncertain, uncertain about how or even when I'll be able to leave. I'm chilling outside. It's actually pretty loud today, um, but I guess it's because it's the weekend. You can probably hear all those drums and like people screaming. <laughs> um, our neighbor, geez, our neighbor is running an initiation school for traditional healers. So this is actually what it's like to live at my house every day. These days, I live at my grandma's house. She's lived in Alex most of her life. In fact, three generations of my family have lived in this township since the 1980s. They moved a few times from one end of Alex to the other. Today, we live in West Bank. It's way less crowded than the other parts of the township. We have a garden, lots of aloes and flowers. It's my grandpa's work. He loves it. Hi. How are you? That's my baby cousin. He likes to follow me around. You want to touch the rose? Here. Say hi, Rose. Hi, Rose. Hi, Rose. How are you? Growing up here, my mom watched us like a hawk. She knew it was dangerous. So I spent a lot of my time with my friends in this yard and on the street right outside the house. And look, my sister and I, we knew we weren't supposed to be in the streets. 
I knew the type of community we lived in. But that didn't stop me from sneaking out. After the garden, we enter the house. Uh-uh, don't play with the water. Yeah, no, guys, have kids and leave us out of it, eh? Because what the hell? Come inside. It's the kitchen on entry. Then it's the lounge. Grey walls. The whole house actually has grey walls. Dark grey. And a giant-ass freezer because a regular freezer just isn't enough for the amount of meat we keep here. Seven of us live here in a four-bedroom house. My grandparents, my uncle and aunt, my little sister, my baby cousin, and me. As you can hear, it gets a little crowded, but we're still the lucky ones. There are many families in Alex who pile together in a one-room house. No bedroom, just a single room for everyone. Once I realized that, I was like, hey, clearly I'm upper-class Alexandrian. I felt very good about myself, not gonna lie. Then on further down the passage, on the right, first bedroom, my aunt's. Then we come into the master bedroom, which belongs to my gran. Very big, gets the best lighting, so warm, so cozy. I think it's perfect considering the type of person she is. Then our bedroom. My little sister and I share a room here. It's not as small as we thought it was because we took out one of the closets. This is the bathroom. Huge washing machine, bathtub and toilet. Yes, it flushes. So yeah. A flushing toilet. That sounds like a weird flex, but many in Alex don't have running water inside the house. Guys, I think they're doing us dirty again. The electricity is not back. On most days, the power goes out once or twice for a few hours at a time. But that's not an Alex thing. It happens across the country, even in Santon. The city blames part of our power problems on the residents. People who can't afford to pay for electricity hack the system and connect wires illegally. And since they don't know what they're doing, they overload the circuits and we all lose power. Sometimes I get frustrated living with so many people. I have no space to be alone with my thoughts. Like, I can be in my room and hear everything. My baby cousin singing, my grand watching TV, my uncle using the microwave. There's never any silence. But it is what it is. MTV. <laughs> this is my crib. Hello, my mom. Hello, baby. How are you, mommy? I'm good, thanks. How are you? My mom and I are close, really close. We share it all. Okay, maybe not everything, but a lot. Her name's Penny. My grandmother raised her in the poorer part of Alex. It was, I don't know, it felt like normal to us because that's what we were exposed to. Homes are built right to the edge of the street, meaning there's no pavement. You literally have to walk in the middle of the road and look out for cars and piles of trash. Not to mention the stray dogs and goats. Everything looked normal. The only time that it didn't uh, feel normal to me was when we were coming back from, walking back from school. And these boys kind of attacked us. They stopped us 
Like, I remember this one boy was saying, you, 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 stop. Like, wait for me, all of you. So it was just girls, us, walking home. And then I just carried on walking. The next thing I know, I was tripped on the floor. <laughs> I was one, I, I, I didn't know what was happening. I was so confused. And, and, and then I stood up. And then I, I, I stood there because I was watching what's happening. And all I was watching, I saw was these guys mishandling the girls, basically. Yeah. And since then, I was afraid to walk. That's hectic. I've never gone through anything like that. But I've always had that fear, like, what if boys just attack me? That's why I worry when you guys <laughs> are, are out there and I don't know where. I, I, it, I just worry about that. That's the yeah. one thing I worry about. But Tung is this trauma talking, hey? I should <laughs> My mom, she worked really hard to support us. So did my gran. Hello, mama. Hello. How are you? I'm good. And how are you? How are you? Your voice is so nice. You know that? Is it? Yeah, I'm listening with these earphones and I'm just like, why didn't my granny do radio, hey? <laughs> <laughs> People ask me, how did you get that name? They'd say, Marianne, that's a white girl's name. Um, no, it's not. I'm named after my grandmother, Mary Rose, and her twin sister, Anne. So once you got here, like you looked around and what, what came to mind? Like, what did you think? Oh, this was a funny environment <laughs> with the bucket system and... Mm. Oh, the bucket system. Wow. When Alex was built, it had no flushing toilets. People used a bucket as a toilet. It's weird. The government called that a system? Some of those buckets were only replaced, wait for it, in 2021. That's almost three decades after the end of apartheid. It looked dirtier mm. than other places that I've ever been to. It was a funny place. You weren't impressed, no? Mm-mm, I was not impressed. I'm in awe of what my grandma and my mom have been able to accomplish. They're tough cookies. This one time, my mom told me she doesn't have any feelings. She just won't let the stress of living in Alex get to her. So what I do, I'm just like, ah, there's no bread. There's no money for bread. Am I going to, if I stress about it, am I going to get the bread? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get the bread. Is that what it takes to make it in Alex? No feelings and hard work? Those women have worked so hard their entire lives. I've watched them and learned because I work too non-stop you know sometimes i wonder what for okay so today is thursday the 17th of march i'm leaving the house to go to work so let's go hello ninjani Oh wow, lucky me, a cat, a taxi right by the, right by the gate. Hello, Mia Box. Ninja me? I'm on my way to work at Gunfree South Africa. We try to make places like Alex safer. I talk to people about gun violence. I know what it's like to want to feel safe in your home, on the street, and even on public transport. 
being alone can feel so dangerous. But right now, my biggest worry is, will I be on time? Because, oh my gosh, there's so many goats on the road today. Can you hear the taxi driver hooting at them? The driver drops me off at the edge of Alex. He takes me as far as he can go. Okay, so I'm officially off the taxi and... And I walk the rest of the way. Um, and this is what it sounds like. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm recording this in secret. My recorder is hidden and I'm using a small clip-on mic that's hard to see. If someone knew I had expensive recording equipment, I might get mugged. It's the same with my cell phone. I rarely take it out in public. That's what it's like to be a woman in the city. I keep looking over my shoulder. Men in South Africa are scary in general because you don't know. <laughs> if they're going to try and mug you or steal you or rape you or whatever. I kind of try to come to work just like a hobo because I don't want to get mugged on the way. Not that I have much for them to take, but I mean... So I've arrived at the office. I'm literally walking upstairs to, to my office. Um, so I can sit down and have a glass of water and prepare to like start my day. Some people would say I'm part of the missing middle, a young South African who's too poor to afford university. But at the same time, I'm too rich to get the government to pay for it. So instead of getting a degree, I've got to work. A lot. I work five jobs. Some days, I don't know if I'm coming or going. There's my job at Gunfree. I've also got this podcast. I record voiceovers for the radio. I speak at conferences. Don't I have a nice voice? <laughs> and my hairdresser styles my hair for free. And I post pics to my thousands of Instagram followers. I've got my brand. You know what I mean? I'm doing everything I can to follow in the footsteps of the woman in my family. But it's never enough. With my five part-time jobs, I still earn far less than the average white guy my age, who probably takes home about 1,500 US dollars a month. Meanwhile, most black women like me are at the very bottom of the ladder. That, my friend, is what we call inequality. I know I'll get ahead in life, but when? Like, when is my turn? When will I make enough to get out of Alex? And did I mention all of my jobs are temporary? I'm on short-term contracts with every single one of them. Any and all of them could end at any time. So, I could become part of the 70%. The 70% of youth who are unemployed in Alex and in every township across the country. That's over 7 million young people without work. And they're easy to find. 70%? Are you sure? Hectic. I did not know it was that bad. I knew that as a country we were going through something, but I didn't know we were like sitting at 70%. That's a lot. It's the highest I've ever seen, if you ask me. Look, uh, the challenges that I face often is that uh, you'd I'd apply for jobs and I'd find out that they're not actually legit, you know. So a lot of scammers promising employment is one of the challenges that I face. Yo, I've been unemployed for... I think five years now. 
we, we, we can't find employment. That is the biggest one. Like, we literally can't find employment. You never know what is needed. And whenever you try, it's like they'll tell you it's not enough. Or, no, nah, we don't do that anymore. That's Zanelem Tombeni, Tulani Mufukeng, and Matapelo Mahape. They've all seen years without work. And if you listen to the experts, they'll tell you things are only going to get worse in the coming years. And so now it's like a thing, okay, we're going to have a lot of young people who are not going to make it to university and then uh, want to get like a job. And those who are employed, it's going to be hard for them to... Um, Okay, so can you like introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, what you're about? So my name is Sitembile. It's pronounced as Sitembile. Sitembile Hope Shalati Daza. Um, born and bred in Alex. I'm 22 years of age. Um, what was the other question? So before we get into my other questions, you should know, Ste, we call her Ste for short. She's my best friend, my chomi. We met a few years ago and we're tight. She's the most authentic person I know. Oh, thank you, chomi. <laughs> <laughs> what were your first memories of Alex? Like when you think back to when you were young, and it's like the first thing I remember about this place. What is that? Um, you see, those small houses. So I just remember how small that house was. And my aunt used to have such big couches. <laughs> it was weird. It was really weird staying there. Because, you see, those couches were huge. And those houses are very small. Like, I remember being happy, being a happy child. Yeah, I didn't even know. I don't think I knew I was staying in Alex. <laughs> no, I understand that because me too. Like when I think of my first memories of Alex, I'm just like, I just think of home. You're not thinking of home is tough for Stair these days. I worry about her. She lives in a one room house with her mom, her little sister and her sister's baby. They all share one bed and a pull out couch. And at one point, her aunt and uncle live there too. She's the only one of them with a job. Right now, she's working at a call center, but she hates it. Those jobs barely pay minimum wage in South Africa, which, can you believe, is only about 200 US dollars a month. Like how? Is it difficult being the only one working at home? Because you're basically carrying everyone on your shoulders. Is that even a question? Because it's supposed to be a statement that it's difficult to look after your family. It is to be the only one working. It is difficult because, you know, being at the age that I am, I'm at, um, I'm supposed to be behaving my age, but instead I'm, I'm a breadwinner. And so what's, what's getting in your way of kind of finding the next job or getting something more stable? Because I'm a youth. <laughs> and, you know, even... Retail stores are not looking for new people because they have to train them first and they need to pay the people who are going to train those people and then pay me for being employed, you know. Yeah. Do you think you'll be able to make it out of Alex one day? I don't think so. I know so. (laughs) I don't see myself growing old here. Like, truly speaking, I don't see myself being old here. I don't. I, don't, I, I. I love Alex because you know I grew up here. It has made me who I am. But growing old here, 
seeing my kids growing here. No, never, never, ever. I think instead of Alex getting better, it's getting worse and worse and worse every day. When it comes to, you know, the violence and the crimes that have been committed, it's becoming worse. Today, this morning, a car was almost hijacked there. Yes, people are busy pointing out their guns, saying, get out of the car, get out of the car. It's getting worse each and every day, each and every second, every breath you take, it's getting worse. When Stair says she's going to leave Alex, that's conviction. Like so many of us, she dreams. Many young people in Alex dream. I dream too. But sometimes I wonder, is there something we're doing wrong? My grandma says finding a job was way easier back in the day. Job hunting was very easy because you would go door to door asking for a job. Mm-hmm. And they'll come out and just pointing at each and every person that they wanted to hire. Really? Yes. Eventually, my grandma got a job as a dog groomer out in the suburbs. This was decades ago. She hasn't stopped. My mom's first job was at a bank. But when I was born, she took time off to raise me. Then, when it was time to go back to work, she saw a job posted in the classified section of the newspaper, and she applied. I went there for an interview, and the next week, or was it the next day or what, they called me to come start. That's crazy. I have never heard a young person, like even my friends who have jobs now, I've never heard any of them find a job that easy. Like where it's just like, I opened the paper, or I went on the internet, I applied and I got the job. Like it's usually after 700 applications, many rejections, and then like maybe after a year, they get a job. And that I want to be rich one day, but not just rich, like dollars rich. Um, I definitely look up to Trevor Noah because he's a South African somebody. Some days, I feel like I'm walking along the edge of a cliff. I do everything I can to avoid falling. But even with five jobs, I don't know. Definitely a big car because I like Audi, I like Mercedes. Yes, I'm able to go out with my boyfriend from time to time. Yes, I can afford to pay for a taxi to and from work to stay safe. And yes, I pitch in at home to cover bills. But one wrong step, one, and I fall into the 70%. VW is more of a startup car in my eyes, and that's why it's here. This is not the life I want. I want more. I even put together a vision board. I got the idea from a close friend. I cut out pictures from magazines and stuck them into a notebook. These are my goals for the future. I want lots of money and many children, like six, that I'll raise far from Alex. I'm very big on the entertainment side of things. I'd like to be a presenter. I'd love to host a talk show or act in commercials. It sounds like a job that never gets boring. I'd get to be a different person every time. But first, I need to get my teeth fixed. I've always had problems with my teeth. It's not a top priority because, I mean, when I smile, my smile's still cute. I want to be in better shape. I want my own fashion line. I want to travel to the U.S. 
um travel 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 i do kind of have you know the american dream this is actually on the the rocks though because they kill black people there and i mean so look i'll admit those are ambitious dreams but it's half reasonable right people tell me all i have to do is study and work hard and i'll reach my dreams They'll tell me about the people who came before me, the politicians and sports stars, and don't forget the Amapiano stars like Gabza and Richie Rich. All of them made it big despite living in Alex. But they're the exception. I might also be an exception. But what about Steer? And what about all my friends? What about the 70%? It's a place where people live. And like any other place in the world where people live, People look around themselves and look into the distance and ask themselves, from here, how do I get there? What we have to examine is why should they be dreaming in shacks? That's next time on I Will Not Grow Old Here, a podcast by The Radio Workshop. I'm Miriam Nobele. I Will Not Grow Old Here is produced by Radio Workshop and the Children's Radio Foundation. Darshan Moodley is our senior producer. Joe Jackson is our managing producer and created our episode artwork. Rob Rosenthal and I edited this podcast. Additional production assistance by Abigail Maeza, Martha O'Donovan, and Ashley Ellis. Original music by Luanda Mafiana, Selective Hearing, and Zach Malobo. Additional music by Blue Dot Sessions. Sound engineering by Mike Rayfeld. Our studio technician is Danny Boyson. A special thanks to community radio station Alex FM station manager, Takalane Nemangoe, and Semi Ramudike. This episode of I Will Not Grow Old Here and the work of the Children's Radio Foundation would not be possible without support from the Open Society Foundation. Visit our website for more information and to support our work at childrensradiofoundation.org. I'm Lisedi Mokwatle. Till next time. And thanks for listening to Feed the Q. We hope you liked what you just heard. Let us know if you did or didn't. And send us your own podcast recommendations to Feed the Q. That's Q-U-E-U-E at gmail.com. You can also call Tink's podcast recommendation hotline, which is 1-844-POD-AT-ME. And that's 1-844-763-2863. You'll hear a new podcast recommendation every day, and you can leave your own podcast recommendation at the beep. But don't worry, nobody will ever answer the call. We'll listen to your recommendations and consider them for future episodes of Feed the Q. And you can find me at tinkmedia.co or on Twitter at Lauren Purcell. And you can find me and more about Podcast Brunch Club at podcastbrunchclub.com or at Podcast Brunch on all of the socials. And look for information about the show you just heard and ways to get in touch with us in the show notes. And that's a wrap. See you when we see you.